You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Take your Bibles, if you would, to 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3, and I'd like to give you tonight and for the next, next couple Sunday nights, I'd like to give us some helps for our homes. You know, our homes are under attack. I think we know that. But you know, I, I believe, this is, my, this is my feeling, but I believe that our homes are under attack more now than probably they've ever been. Um, and I'm not blaming it all on a pandemic. I'm not blaming it all on, on politics or those things because those have been some added uh, stressors. Is that a word? Stressors. Those have been some added pressures in recent days. And, you know, one of the things, too, with a, a pandemic, and, of course, uh, we, have, we have really we have seen it now for, you know, coming up almost a year, is just the unknown. And uh, that creates a lot of issues for families, for your jobs, for your, your children, and of course for your health and the concerns with jobs and all of those things. But I believe that families can still succeed. I believe families can still thrive. I believe God can still bless the home even with all that's going on. I just, I believe God can still bless the church. I believe God can take care of you and take care of me. And so I want to start in 1 Peter chapter 3. And uh, we probably should read all of these first seven verses. I'm going to, for sake of time, I'm going to jump straight to verse 7. And I will cover some more of these verses in these next few Sunday nights. But I'd like to try to be a help uh, to our homes it says in verse number 7 of 1 Peter 3, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. It's interesting, it goes on to talk about some things that are just general principles for all of us, it says in verse 8, finally be ye all of one mind. That's a good thing, be on the same page. Uh, have compassion one of another. Love as brethren. Uh, be pitiful. That doesn't mean you have to be pitiful like we would say it, but to, to truly have, have pity. Be full of pity for one another and care for one another. Be courteous. Well, that's a good word. I think that's almost a, become a rarity today, but be kind, be courteous to one another. Not rendering evil for evil. Or railing for railing. That's what a lot of people in the world do, don't they? You hurt me, I'm going to hurt you back. You do something to me, I'm going to do something back. That's not, that's not the way that a Christian's supposed to operate. The Bible says, but contrarywise, blessing. Did you know when someone does evil to you, the proper response is to do something kind in return? Uh, if your enemy be hungry, what are you supposed to do? Feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. And you know what you're doing? Is you are literally, you're heaping coals of fire on his head. Amen. And for some of you, you're like, that sounds more like it. No, don't put the coals of fire on his head. But when you do something nice, that's in essence what you're doing. Uh, you are, uh, you're, you're probably frustrating them because you're not giving them ammunition to fight back and to keep things going and keep things stirred up. Verse 10, he that will love life. 
and see good days. You know, that ought to be the goal. The goal ought to be to have a life that is enjoyable, uh, a life that is a blessing. Um, I'm looking for Brother Dan. I'm feeling cold air blowing, and I'm just wondering what happened. Does anybody know? Brother Dan, why do I feel cold air blowing? The heat's on. Is the fan on? Well, okay. Brother Alton, Brother Wade, I said don't hurt him, but now you have my permission. And uh, video men, just make sure the cameras are not positioned on Brother Dan, because I don't want any evidence that uh, he got hurt and I, I okayed it. But, um, but that ought to be the goal, is to enjoy life. You know, that ought to be the goal for our families. You know, our families, uh, we ought to get along. Now, now, I know that sounds so basic and so elementary, but you know, a lot of homes today, all they do is fight. A lot of marriages, all, all, all that they do is they just, they coexist and uh, they just decide, well, fine, I'm going to, you know, hey, no, that's not God's plan. Verse number seven, we'll go back there. Likewise, ye husbands dwell with them according to knowledge. Lord, I pray that you'd help us as we look at your word. May we uh, find some things tonight that we can apply to our lives, to our marriages. Lord, I don't believe these are true only for marriage. I believe these things are true in life, in all relationships. And uh, Lord, these are some things that could help our young people. These are some things that could help our grandparents. These are things that could help our senior saints. And I believe that your word and your truth is applicable to all of us. Help us, Lord, to listen and help us to be what you'd have us to be. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like for you to notice in this verse, I want to go quickly. I'll give you an outline. Number one, I want you to see the dwelling. It says in verse seven, dwell with them according to knowledge. That word dwell, it literally means to reside together like a family should and like a family would. But that word dwell, it also means to abide. It means to continue. Now, now, a family ought to live together. And I understand there are some extenuating circumstances with maybe with work and sometimes you maybe have to be away. I understand all that. But the goal ought to be as a family that you dwell together, that you spend time together. Again, I understand when you're working different shifts and your schedules are crazy, but you're going to have to find time to be together. You have to find time to have meals together. Uh, our children right now at their age, they're, they're younger. They're not uh, doing all the extra stuff and all that. So it's probably easier for us. But as your children get older, you feel like you're juggling all kinds of schedules and responsibilities and, and music practices and sports practices and jobs and all those things. But, but you've got to make time to be together. You can't have a successful home and a successful family if you never speak to one another. And, and, and one, one uh, sentence text messages a couple times a day, don't cut it. You've got to dwell together. The Bible says husbands dwell with them. The marriage consists of living together, dwelling together, being together, spending time together. And that time ought to be harmonious. That time ought to be sweet. God did not create Adam and look at Adam and say, that man is way too happy. I've got to figure out something to make his life miserable. Oh, this is going to be good. And God said, I know what I'll do. 
I'll give that guy a wife. And oh boy, he, no, that's not what happened. God saw that it was not good for a man to be alone. He needed somebody to dwell with. He needed somebody uh, that, that he could spend time with. And so God created Eve. He said, I'll make an help meet for him. Marriage was God's idea, not to make your life miserable, but to make your life better. A marriage ought to be a happy relationship. A home ought to be a happy place. Your home doesn't have to be fancy. Uh, your home doesn't have to be expensive. Your home doesn't have to have the nicest and the latest and greatest, but your home ought to be a sanctuary where your family can enjoy being together. There ought to be happy times in the home. There ought to be fun times in the home. There ought to be special times in the home. Uh, we have, and, and we kind of we kind of switch it up. For a, this has been a while ago, but I think when when COVID first hit, uh, Lacey and Savannah and I, and sometimes Joanna would, but we'd play Monopoly Deal. It's it's a card game. It's it's Monopoly, but you can play it in like twenty minutes, and it's fun. It's exciting, and we'd play that. And I know I know some of you are thinking twenty minutes. Our Monopoly games take three weeks. Well, that's why we like the card game Monopoly Deal. You ought, you ought to get it. It's great. But we would do that. Here lately, what we've been doing, and Chloe and Kylie are not in here, so I can say this, but after Chloe and Kylie go to bed, uh, Lacey and Savannah and I will sit down and we'll watch an Andy Griffith. We've been doing that these last few nights, and I tell you, we crack up. I mean, it is so funny. And then we're talking about it the next day. You say, what's spiritual about that? Nothing except we're dwelling together. We're doing something together. We're having a good time together. And I understand, you know, it doesn't all have to be, you know, screens and, and watching something, but it's something we do together. It's something we enjoy. But you've got to find some things in your home where you can enjoy being together. There ought to be conversation. Uh, there should be love and affection. Uh, there shouldn't be a home is where everybody fights. Home is where everybody uh, uh, presents their case for why they're not, they're not getting what they need. And No, home ought to be a wonderful, happy place. You ought to talk to one another. I'm talking about marriages. I'm talking about family members. I'm talking about teens and children. And I'm talking about uh, as a family unit, we ought to talk. One of the best things that you could do, and I know I just said we're watching a, something on the television and Andy Griffith, but maybe one of the best things for your home Maybe just to shut off the television. Amen. That might be one of the best things. Maybe one of the best things for your home is to shut off the computer and shut off the email and shut off Facebook. And you say, but what if it's an emergency? Oh, don't, don't worry. People will get a hold of you somehow if it's an emergency. They'll come bang your door down if it's an emergency. But what about your family? There must be time with your family. Spend time together. Get to know one another. You know, my wife and I, we were talking the other night, and again, that's a good thing to do in a marriage, but we were talking, and you know, Joanna is not the same person that she was when we got married almost 19 years ago, and I'm not the same person that I was 19 years ago when we got married. You know, we change. You understand that? And if you don't work at it, and if you don't converse, and if you don't spend time together, You'll find that you drift apart just by default because as you change, you don't continue working at the relationship. I uh, read a story the other day about a husband. A husband was 
uh, reading an article to his wife, and it was kind of a ha-ha, kind of a jab. But he read the article to his wife, and the article said that women use 30,000 words every single day. And the husband went on to read in the article, he said, and men only say or speak 15,000 words in a day. He said, that is twice as many words that women use as opposed to the man and how much they talk. And the woman said, that's because men don't listen and we have to repeat everything. And the husband looked up at her and said, what did you say? Here's what I'm saying. We need to communicate. Uh, we need to listen. And even if the sound man doesn't like what I'm saying, let me tell you, it's still true. And uh, we still ought to do it. Number one is dwelling. And we could talk a lot about how we are to dwell together and how we are to uh, spend time together. Secondly, I'd like for you to see the word is discernment. It says in verse 7, Husbands, ye husbands, dwell with them according to to knowledge. That word knowledge is where we get our word science or, or a study. And so what that, what that verse is saying is, fellas, you can't do this. You can't come home, plop down in the recliner and say, okay, fine, I'm here. We're spending time together. Hope you're happy. You can't do that. You know what you have to do? You have to be discerning to understand your wife. Now, Luke 1.37 says, for with God, all things are possible. And I'm glad that's in the Bible because some of you were feeling that, that feeling like that can't happen. How am I going to understand my wife? Can I tell you, it's an amazing thing. When you get to the point where you think you understand her, she changes her mind. And she turns everything upside down. And now you feel like you're back to square one. And you say, well, I, I give up. You can't. Because God said, husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge. You must study your wife. You must figure out what makes her happy. Figure out what makes her sad. Figure out what encourages her. Figure out what discourages her. Figure out what makes her tick, not what makes her ticked off. Most of us already have that figured out, okay? But you've got to study your wife. Now, now think about this. And fellas, I know I'm being hard on you, but we'll, we'll get to the ladies here another time and we'll, we'll talk to them too. But think about all of the study that you do and think about all of the research you do to figure out where you can get the deer in hunting season. Think about all the study you do to figure out where is the best place and what's the best time and what's the best bait to catch those fish when you go on that fishing trip. Yeah, exactly. Think about all the time you put into uh, purchasing uh, that new vehicle or, or that, that new uh, boat or, or, or that new computer or, or you figure out all the things that you will study, maybe for work. Maybe there's an opportunity at work to uh, promote or to get to another level. And so you put in so many hours of study and, and classes and training and, and certification. And I'm not against those things. I'm not saying that any of that's bad, but here's what I'm saying. We will study and we will give ourselves to so many things, but then fail to study 
our spouse and fail to be discerning in the most important relationship outside of Christ and the most important possession you have. Fellas, the, the, the greatest gift that you have, the greatest possession that you have outside of your salvation is your wife. And that wife that God has given you is a gift from God. You must study. You must discern. Discover what it is that you can do to make her life better. And we could go on and on, but let's move to the next point. Number three, not only the dwelling and not only the discernment, but number three, I see the dignity. The dignity. It says giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel. Now, let me say about this. The wife, when it says the weaker vessel, it's not saying that the wife is helpless. Can I tell you, in many cases, fellas, and I'm not trying to be rude, but in many cases, the wife is a whole lot smarter than you are. I know my wife is. And to say, oh, well, you know, my wife, she just can't figure things out. So no, 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 no. That's not what we're talking about here. This is not a matter of who is smarter or who is better or who is, uh, who is more knowledgeable. That's not the issue at all. The issue here is that God says that the wife should be given honor. She should be given a level of respect. She should be treated with that dignity that she deserves. This was a major change as uh, the, the, the writer gave this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit as Peter gave this. You see, in the world at this time, most of the cultures of the day, they treated the women as servants. They treated the women as if they were second class. And God says, oh no, that's not the way it should be. Women should not be treated as second rate or second class. Women should be treated even better then you yourself would want to be treated. They should be given honor and respect. That word honor means value. To esteem of the highest degree, uh, to be precious. And fellas, I want to tell you, your wife is precious. Let me go on to say this. The family that God has given you, the relationships that God has given you, they will all work better if you will treat people with dignity and treat people with respect. I think children should be treated with dignity. I don't think you ought to yell at your children. I don't think you ought to scream at your children. I don't think you ought to treat your children uh, uh, like, like, like they're, they're useless and they're helpless. I think if we will show people respect, it'll be amazing how much better our family will operate. Dignity, or you could say deference. Treat your wife like a queen, fellas. Treat her uh, like the gift and like the valuable treasure that she is. Number four, I see the dividend. The dividend, it says, as being heirs together of the grace of life. An heir, H-E-I-R, an heir is someone who receives an inheritance, right? They, they are something that is passed down to them, that is given to them. The Bible says that we are receiving an inheritance together as husband and wife of the grace of life. Now, that doesn't say the grace of God, although, by the way, I'm thankful for the grace of God in my life. But this tells us that there are blessings and there are treasures and there are good things that happen in your life and my life because of God when we follow God's pattern. There is a dividend. There is a reward. There is a happiness that is promised when we do it God's way. 
You see, the more you understand your wife, the more you honor your wife, did you know the happier your life will be? The happier my life will be. The Bible says, whoso findeth a wife findeth a good thing and obtaineth favor of the Lord. Marriage is God's plan. It was God's plan to complete you and to make you the person that God wanted you to be. I'll close with this. Number five, I see in verse number seven, I see a dilemma. I see a problem. As a matter of fact, it's pretty serious. It almost seems like, whoa, what just happened? Because the Bible says that you dwell with them according to knowledge. You give honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel. It says being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Now hang on here. This verse is not saying... Don't cuss your wife, don't beat your wife, um, don't, you know, uh, don't push her, don't raise your... It's not saying those things. And then if you do those things, your prayers will be hindered. This verse is saying, dwell with them according to knowledge. Give honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel. And if you don't do those things, you know what the Bible says? Your prayer life may be hindered. You know why? Because verse 7 is not suggestions. Verse 7 is not just some good tips or some good ideas like, you know, hey, if it works out and if you have extra time, then you should really study your wife and really figure out, you know, what makes her happy. And you ought to give honor to her. If you think of it, you know, maybe, you know, hold a door or carry something heavy or, you know, if, if it works out, if it fits into your schedule. These are not suggestions. These are Bible commands for how a husband is supposed to treat his wife. Can I tell you, the dilemma is this, that if we do not follow God's plan and we do not follow God's directives, we could have prayers go unanswered. Now, if you don't have a prayer life, that may not sound like a big deal to you. But can I tell you, if you're like me and you need prayers answered, and you've got a family that needs prayers and you've got some friends that have some needs and you've got some people that you know that are going through cancer and you've got some people that are going through hardships and, and you feel like that the situation that you're in in life is bigger than you are and you can't handle it on your own and you need God, can I tell you, you and I can't afford to have our prayers hindered. We need every prayer answered that we can get. We need God, but yet the dilemma is if we don't do it God's way, we could have prayers that are hindered or uh, prayers that are not answered. You see, getting along in marriage is of the utmost importance. We're not just commanded to coexist. We're commanded to love. We're commanded, the Bible says, husbands, love your wives. The Bible says, wives, submit to your husbands. We're to supposed to understand and honor one another. I'll close with this, these helps for the home on this first night. We'll do a couple Sunday nights, but I'll close with this. I mentioned it at the end of the service this morning, but did you know that if God has given you a spouse, you ought to be thankful to God for that spouse. He or she is a gift from God. And if the Lord tarries, one of you, one of us will go to heaven before the other. Now, I kind of hope that Jesus will just come back and we can go together. But these last few months, I've, we've had a lot of funerals here. And there have been several 
of those who a husband lost a wife or a wife lost a husband of those who've been married for 40 and 50 and 60 plus years. I think about Jimmy and Dorothy's story and uh, it's just amazing with God's plan, but how that they both went home to be with the Lord uh, within the same day after being married for 50 plus years. That's just, it's amazing. I say 50 plus, it may have been the upper 40s. I won't tell you who this person is. This person may be watching, and I, I certainly, I don't think it's wrong for me to relay this. But there was a church member in these last few months who lost a spouse. And this church member, as I was there with the, with the family and as we were talking, this church member looked me in my eyes. And this church member said this, said, Pastor, I hope you appreciate your wife while you have her. And this church member looked at me and said, Pastor, I hope you appreciate those precious children while you have them. Because for this church member, they had lost that spouse that they had had for so many years. Here's what I'm saying. I want us to work on our marriages. I want us to get back in the Word of God and find out what is God's plan for a home. And 1 Peter 3, 7 tells us part of that plan. For husbands to dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, uh, realizing that we are heirs together of the grace of life that our prayers be not hindered. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.